Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to this uh, professional development webinar uh, brought to you by the Fashion Network. Um, in today's session, we will be discussing live commerce uh, and what it means for fashion businesses, um, but also fast moving consumable good brands as well. Um, we will be talking for about uh, one hour max. Uh, and then after that, we will have a session afterwards where if you want to come and meet uh, myself and the rest of the panelists, uh, we'll have a bit of a virtual networking session for about 20, 30 minutes. However, before we begin, uh, what would be really useful for us actually would be if you could um, let us know uh, in the chat box uh, where you're from in the world, um, the job role that you do. And if you don't mind sharing, let us know which company you work for. So where you're from in the world, the job role you do and the company that you work for. That is, if you do indeed work for a company, if you don't and you happen to be a student, then what you can do is just let us know what you're studying and what institution you're studying at. So, yeah, so let us know where you're from in the world, uh, what uh, job role you do and the company you work for. And that will allow our panelists just to have an idea of who they are talking to uh, today. Um, just a few house rules before we move on, though. So if you do have any questions or comments, then you can also leave those in the chat box. Um, and uh, we want to keep this discussion as interactive as possible. Uh, so please do get involved. Um, it's not just going to be all about us talking at you. We would like to get comments and questions coming back at us. Um, alternatively, if you have a question that's a little bit complex or long-winded, or you're a little bit like me uh, that struggles to, to, to write your, your questions down, you can just click on the raise the hand feature. Uh, and uh, we can actually switch your audio and you can speak to me directly and the rest of the panelists. Um, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel um, today, um, unfortunately, you won't uh, be able to interact with us because that channel isn't being monitored. The only way you can interact with us, though, is by joining us through the webinar. So that's um, uh, all I need to say in regards to house rules. Uh, my name is Dale Hicks and I am the director and co-founder of uh, the Fashion Network. I will be chairing today's discussion. Uh, joining me, we have a panel of experts, including uh, Yi Zhang Zhang, uh, founder of Lechino, uh, otherwise known as Leo, or should I say Dr. Yi Zhang Zhang, who is a PhD researcher. He's inv also involved with a business uh, taking brands from the UK into the Chinese market and vice versa from the Chinese market, market into the UK. He's also a live commerce practitioner. So he'll be talking to us a little bit about how live commerce is taking off in China and the wider Asia region. Uh, next to him, we have Alex Felev, who is Influencer Marketing Manager at Engage Hub. Now, Engage Hub is a marketing servicing agency that uh, delivers influencer marketing campaigns and other social media campaigns for various different clients. Uh, alongside Alex is Lucy Billington, who is a senior brand partnership manager at Gleam Futures. Now, Lucy uh, would work with people like Alex are developing campaigns for clients. Now, Gleam, Future, Gleam Futures, forgive me, if you're not familiar, is one of the UK's leading talent management agencies. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we have Ted Hetich, 
marketplace manager at Ideal World. And Ideal World, you could say, is the original um, uh, live commerce uh, platform, if you like. They are, uh, they're a, a big uh, TV shopping channel here in the UK. Um, I do believe we have a poll, uh, Scarlett, if you're there in the background, uh, that we would like to get you guys out there in the audience um, to answer. So just quickly let us know, do you currently engage in live commerce? So it's a pretty simple poll. So it's yes, no, and planning too soon. So while you're doing that, if you could just uh, fill that out for us, um, I'd just uh, like to um, check, uh, do a quick shout out to people who've left comments in there. So hi, Lottie. Uh, who's working as uh, live commerce at uh, iSort First here in Manchester. Uh, do feel free to uh, drop your comments in there, guys, and let us know where you're at. So we'll leave this go for a second, and there we go. So the results are the poll is majority of our people in the audience uh, aren't doing live commerce at the moment. Alex, I'm going to come to you first. Does that come as a bit of a surprise to you at all? Or it doesn't really, uh, based on what we were discussing prior to actually uh, jumping on that within Western Europe and the US, live commerce in general is not as developed as it is in China. So I 100% expect uh, for it to become a big thing in uh, the next year in 2022. I do believe that a lot of platforms are going to start adding that as a feature uh, and as a developed uh, feature of their of their apps uh, within like social media where the, the the consumer journey is not impacted when you want to purchase a product because that that's one thing that uh, for the listeners we were discussing before we jumped on is the fact that apps such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube within their live capabilities, purchasing products without having to leave the app is currently not really possible. Uh, and that impacts a lot of brands not being involved in, in live shopping or even what they call live shopping now is not really live shopping because you can purchase the products. Do you want to take a step back then and just let us know then give us just give us an overview then of what live commerce is if you can. Let's assume that our audience knows nothing. So do you want to just give us a quick overview? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, live commerce is a new form of online shopping that combines social media live streaming and the ability to shop products while watching the stream. What it really provides is it uh, gives users real-time insights about the products uh, and uh, you can engage with the audience, which is something that is quite different to uh, online shopping and, and TV. And normally as a trend, a live shopping stream lasts between 25 and 30 minutes. That's uh, what research shows is the best engagement time uh, for a live shopping stream. So the person engages with the host, which normally is an influencer uh, that represents the brand very well. That's someone that is actually a consumer of the brand and products are shown within the stream. And then the consumers can actually shop those products while watching the stream. It, uh, it is extremely popular in China, as Leo will for sure. Uh, tell you guys, uh, it is extremely popular in China due to how the platforms work within China that you can actually shop those products without having to to leave the apps themselves. So like with WeChat, with Duyan, you don't need to leave the apps in order to purchase the products. And it's an extremely engaging way. It's a great way for brands to engage with their audience and really communicate about their products and uh, really like for their brand owner voice to come across. 
and it's a great way for influencer marketing uh, to prove that there is return of investment. Leo, um, can I bring you in here? Do you, is there anything you would like to add to that? And if not, would you just let us know why you think, and we did speak about this a little bit before we went live, but just tell us a little bit why uh, live commerce has become so big in China at the moment. Okay, actually, uh, for the overview of the live commerce, it's kind of like the direct broadcast to create different live content to guide the traffic and also reach the immediate transactions through the e-commerce or mobile commerce technology. And then uh, in China, uh, the first day is based on the traffic. Because uh, in China, there are a couple of ways to doing the live commerce. First, it's the e-commerce platform like the Tmall, Taobao, uh, Jingdong, as, like, like the Amazon. So a lot of consumers dropping on the Amazon. Uh, on the Taobao and then they offer the live commerce technology. So that's why people can use their mobile phone to browse the product, uh, the product through the Taobao. And then you can directly click on the live commerce influencer who presenting the products. So that is one way. The another way is uh, uh, based on the mobile instant messaging too, like the WhatsApp and the WeChat. Cause a lot of people using that daily, every day. And then you can connect with the uh, the, the, the shopping platform and and there's a one button or or a link to guide to a live commerce directly then you can see the short videos as uh, as well as the as well as the live commerce content through the wechat or whatsapp i know whatsapp don't have one but wechat have one so that is that is another way the second way and then the third way is the live streaming uh live streaming platform but on that platform because a lot of people as a host, only doing the live show on that platform, mostly uh, entertainment and the gaming stuff. But some people will put their link on on, on playing a game, a, a Taobao link, a store link, uh, when they're playing a game, because they have millions of fans seeing they're playing the game at that time. So they can click on that link to the uh, to, to their Taobao store, and mostly they're selling the grocery products. So that is the third way. And then the fourth, the fourth way is the short, uh, the short video channels, the TikTok and also the Douyin, Douyin and TikTok. Uh, millions, millions fans, uh, people are browsing the, the short video channel every day and they spend more than two hours every day on that channel. Because in China, it is the most, it's the most fast growing channel. Uh, it's a growing, it's a, the speed is, is faster than the WeChat, the growing speed is faster than the WeChat and also the WhatsApp, I think. And also the TikTok, uh, there's a piece of Facebook, so there's a growing rate. So uh, a lot, a lot of fans on that channel. And uh, TikTok is the main company named the ByteDance company. They grow their own uh, e-commerce platform. So they have two ways on, on the short video channel. The short video channel can connect to the Taobao link now or they can, they can uh, complete the transaction directly through their own e-commerce platform named the Dou Store. So that, that is the, the fourth way in China can do it, uh, mostly based on the traffic, yeah. So it sounds to me then what you're saying in China that the technical infrastructure is just far more set up to, 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 to allow a live commerce to happen basically. Yeah. Whereas perhaps we're a little bit playing catch up here in, in the UK and in Europe. Um, before we went live also, Ted mentioned something. Actually, I don't know if you want to 
bring this up now, Ted, but the cultural issues between, say, China and the UK, Ted was suggesting that perhaps North America and Europe were a little bit more celebrity led. Uh, would you agree with that, Leo, or, or do you think it's just down uh, to Ted? I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I think so. Because uh, uh, yeah, because I live in UK for such a long time, and I know that uh, there's a, a bit of the culture difference. But uh, I think another uh, important role is uh, that the Chinese companies they have better better uh, innovation on the applications, the app applications like the social media applications. Because normally Facebook comes first, and then we have a lot of forms of the, the similar to Facebook. But later on, we we are doing a better on the localization. And then we transfer to a better way to fit the, the local consumers or the local users in China. And then because of a lot, a lot, a lot local users in China, because we have 1.3 or 1.4 billion uh, people. So met too many people browsing that site, and then we can have a better innovative application on that. So that is a difference, I think. Another, another kind of difference, yeah. Um, and Ted, uh, or Theodore, as you're listed here, what's the difference between, like, we're talking about live commerce, which is influencer-led, and what you guys have been doing for mm -hmm. years and years with, with TV shopping? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Ted's, Ted's fine, by the way, too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were doing uh, TV shopping. I mean, naturally, it was popular in the, in the U.S., I think, originally back in the, in the early 90s. And it really is pretty much pretty much the same uh, from when it was first developed with like Home Shopping Network, uh, QVC, and Ideal World in UK. Um, primarily where people are watching a TV show, watching, let's say, a 30, 40 minute spot. And then uh, um, originally was through the telephone. So where you would actually punch in and dial in the code to the product, to the telephone. We still have that, by the way, and it's still a very popular uh, way to actually shop. Um, and then as the internet came around in the early 2000s and moved into the, the mid 2000s, people started actually uh, redirecting to the web and then uh, buying online too. And on actually Ideal World, you can actually live stream, um, live stream the TV broadcast coming through on the actual web page as well too, but it's not as popular as, as the television shopping. And are there sort of skills now that are just easily transferable for you guys that you know that you can you can take from your TV? One, one thing one thing that's really cool there is that we've turned actually one of the one of the TV studios into a digital studio. So we've we've actually dedicated it completely to digital, um, and we're starting to see that the Facebook sites, Instagram sites on uh, on our web uh, on the web are actually getting more popular more popular every year as. Naturally, the, the generation that grew up with TV shopping is actually getting older as well. Um, they do have a lot of money, so it still is, it still is a large chunk of our annual revenue. But we are starting to, starting to see more and more going to the web. And that's one of the reasons why we incorporated a, a marketplace into it to bring in third-party sellers and then also showcase those sites on the web And we're, as we move and transition into, into live shopping on the web-based. Um, Lucy, um, I was talking to one of your colleagues a while back, and I, I can't remember who it was now, but um, they were saying that they see the future of influencer marketing as basically influencers becoming mini shopping channels. Um, do you get a sense of that with some of the talent that, that's on your roster that that's what's happening, or they, or, or is there a bit of a divide? Or can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, a little bit? absolutely. I mean, I mean, 
talent can shift product insanely well. And I think that's down to the amazing relationship they have with their audiences. This is something we were talking about earlier, but they, their audiences know them so well to the point where they know what's in their living room. They know what's sat in their shower. They see their blogs. They see their Instagram content. They're so heavily involved in their audiences. Um, but I think when it comes to live shopping, and again, this is something we spoke about earlier, but there are certain platforms that aren't as up to date with the likes of China. So I think the more they adapt to the live shopping premise, and I know with TikTok especially, um, they're probably the most up to date when it comes to live shopping. And I think having seen lots of brands do that so successfully on there, um, for example, one of our talent, Flossie Clegg, went live on TikTok with a brand called Picante recently and did really well on there. Um, but I think the talent have such a unique relationship with their audiences and therefore have a great ability to be able to shift product because their audience knows them so well. Um, so I think also with live shopping, when it comes to influencers, it doesn't necessarily just have to be that sort of talk to camera, more live shopping, traditional piece of content. It can be much more integrated into their normal styles. So whether that's like they're doing a live podcast recording and then the, the um, live shopping function is sort of integrated within that, or perhaps they're doing a live demo with another talent where they could be doing like a live hair tutorial or like a live sh shop along or cook along. It doesn't necessarily just have to be a complete talk to camera hard sell piece of content and I think that's where that's the difference between influencers and perhaps more traditional tele shopping type talent is those audiences need to make sure that when they are live shopping it is really natural to them and their normal styles and I think that's where they'll do really well as they know what their audience wants to see and what they want to shop um, but yeah I think the potential for talent is is amazing when it comes to live shopping but I think there's a fine line between um, the type of talent. Some talent much prefer to do Instagram stories and kind of stay away from that live format. You have to be quite confident when it comes to live. Um, we have certain talent that present in the more traditional space. So um, Nadia Swahala, for example, is one of our talent. She's on Loose Women. So she naturally knows how to present. It's the bread and butter of what she does, but she's also amassed an amazing following online um, and has an incredible personality. So I think somebody like that, when it comes to live shopping, would do amazingly well because she has that amazing presenting ability, but also that really unique audience to be able to combine the two together is kind of, I guess, that sweet spot for something like this. And what's how important, and this can go to anyone, actually, I don't want to just put Lucy on the spot on this one, but how important is the live aspect of this as opposed to just something that's delivered through video? I mean, Alex, you posed to yeah. answer that one. <laughs> yeah, if we look at, I think, Lucy mentioned a few really important bits here. First of all, uh, because we were discussing uh, why live shopping has not uh, become as popular within Western Europe, and we did mention uh, the thing about the platforms that it's not incorporated within the platforms as such to, uh, to that extent in which it is in China. But one thing that we need to discuss here is also the difference between consumption of content between China and Western Europe and the US. Because I think what Lucy mentioned here that the content shouldn't look as a hard sell of products is something that is really important to be touched upon here. Because I think in China, uh, consumption of content, that hard selling of the products is actually interesting to the consumer. And that's the way that they uh, that they interact with, with the influencer and they enjoy that type of content. But within Western Europe, and within the US, that's not as much. So with influencer marketing in Western Europe and the US, it's all about like authenticity. It's all about like incorporating the brand 
within the influencer's content in a very organic and authentic way. And can I bring um, Leo in on that point? Um, Leo, can I just ask you, do, do you agree with that? Is, is, is from the content perspective of things quite different over in China as opposed to what Alex has just said? Okay, I think uh, for the content part, uh, for doing a live commerce for, for a stable such a long way, for example, we run it every day or, or maybe six times a week. So the content, that's high, highly standing of the content because uh, when we try to do the live commerce, we have to prepare the, the product side. And then also we need to prepare the supply chain, the products, and then we have need to prepare everything. And then we need to make the content slightly different every day than to attract the uh, consumers to, to come every day, not only for the products. So sometimes we need to show a little bit but mostly based on the uh, based on the product, yeah, it is right. But um, because based on the different channel, for example, the TikTok or the Douyin, the 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 technology behind that is uh, uh, the AI. So they will use the figures and the data to choose to push you the relative consumers you have. For example. Uh, Burberry or, or Louis Vuitton, say, for example, they're running it. So the platform will try to find the relative consumers to you. So what figures can lead to let the computer to find the relative consumer is really important. So we have to do the transaction. So the, trans the immediate transaction uh, figures is really, really important. So for example, when, when I'm showing the one product, Louis Vuitton product, and then five people buying it, for example, in one hour, and then they spend about uh, 10,000 pounds in, in total, then uh, the, the AI technology will try to find the similar consumers to push to you to, 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 to continue doing the sales. And then you can gain the fans, you can, you can gain the follower of the, the fans to follow you directly through the, that live, live commerce show, or you can get the direct consumers who purchasing the products directly. So uh, that is a really high standard of the content because you need to prepare every day. Not only, uh, if, you, if you have 1,000 uh, people seeing you at one time, but your sales is zero, it will lead to a, a really bad situation on the traffic gaining. So that is a, another, logic of, of doing the live commerce. So we have to prepare a lot of things. And um, th this one, maybe still to Leo or maybe Alex's, can, can you break up different types of live commerce? Can you, is, is there a different sort of like, you know, how can I put it? And the different types of live commerce in the sense of what you deliver and how you deliver it. I don't know who wants to pick that up. Okay, so, oh, okay, so I can say that. Um, for different types of commerce, I can, I can talk about the, main, uh, the mostly two main popular forms of the live commerce. One is, you can imagine Amazon plus live shopping channel. So you, you join the Amazon and you see one host is, is showing like, it's just describing 10 different brands of TV. 10 different brands of TV and showing the functions of it or the how to play it. So uh, you can click on that and then see it. So that, 
that traffic way is you click on the Amazon website or mobile app first, and then you see one guy is showing, is describing something. And then you can see, uh, so it depends on the strategy of the Amazon, how to run the live commerce. So in Taobao, there's a specific uh, channel. You can click on that. You can see a lot, a lot hosts showing different types of the products or different, or we can say different topics or different contents. Maybe someone or uh, specific uh, on the on the electronic goods, someone on the luxury goods, someone on the maybe uh, lower price closings. So it, it's kind of based on e-commerce. Another is based on the social media uh, channel. So we, we we can talk about the TikTok first because I know TikTok is already complete the e-commerce or mobile commerce uh, technology in UK. They're already pushing it already pushing it. So it's kind of the influence of who have a, who have a million fans can, 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 oh, can start doing the live commerce technology. And then they have to find the brands who have the store on the uh, TikTok. Then they can get linked. And then they can, show, they can show the product and they can only get one product. And the, the brands can deliver the product to them and they can deck, uh, that just uh, describe 10, uh, items for the display. And then the brands, when, when they get the orders, the orders directly to the uh, brand store on the TikTok. And then the brand send, sends the order to the consumers directly. So it's kind of the influence help, influences, help the brand to promote the brand. That is one thing on the, on the short, short video channel. Another, another is the brand uh, builds their self live commerce team. So it's kind of they doing the live commerce every day by themselves. So they can doing the influencers uh, or they can build their own uh, own uh, host to, to, to doing the live commerce. That is a two two way uh, currently uh, in UK. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you've got basically you've got the brands doing more sales focused content. You know, yeah. ten TVs. This is a comparison or whatever, and then you have more lifestyle. Uh, based content um, that is maybe just showing a lifestyle that has products and things in the background. Um, uh, so, so that's that's I suppose the difference. And I, and I guess I just want to bring um, Ted in on this. Obviously, so Ted, what you, you do is what is quite different to what um, uh, Lucy and Alex set up. Obviously, you you are a brand, aren't you? I guess in a way yeah, and it's, it's really really in a professional setting like in a studio setting so we're broadcasting from peterborough uh, almost 24 hours a day and what we're what we're doing is actually a studio shot with sets and i i do think that the the influencer marketing does have a bit more of a gritty feel to it and i think i think people do trust that grit in a way and and they find it more more realistic they find it more um more in touch to what 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 a lot of people are are, are it's more truthful in a way whereas uh the stuff produced on in peterborough is very much in a studio and it is very much uh very Stick. much in yeah yeah exactly exactly the lucy do you agree with that that uh influencer content's more grittier if you like or <laughs> yeah, I guess, is it more raw I guess um in the sense especially with the more gen z type talent I think they are very all they want that's why tiktok has become so popular I think in the UK especially amongst gen z talent is they don't want the more polished look when it comes to brand new content anymore they want the real genuine authentic style and I think 
as we said earlier, if, if talent are going to be working with brands in a live shopping capacity, then it needs to make sure that it is in their own style and in their own natural way. Um, certain talent will work really well in that more polished way, especially um, we were talking all earlier about the more presenting type talent. And I think having them collaborate with a brand in that way, if that's what the brand want, then that's great. And I think that still could work really well. Um, there will be certain brands who will be a bit less inclined to want to fully trust the talent in a live format to begin with. I think they still like to have some level of control over what that looks like. So I think for certain talent in a more polished environment that can still work really well. But I think the majority of talent will probably do it more so in their own typical style um, just to make sure because that's what their audience are used to and that's what their audience likes. So I think that style is a lot more suited, especially to the more younger generation of talent. Um, yeah, and exactly. I think it's a it's a fine balance of, of being cheesy and yeah. and being like that 90s style, like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna put this in front of you in front of a studio. And yeah. like you said, that like that younger generation, they want to have they want to have what they're used to. They want to have that that delivered to them in the way that they want to. And I yeah. think that's why like uh, the TV shopping has that older generation because it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. They're appealing to the generation that's used to that way of that way of principle is the same, right? With yeah, exactly. Principle. Um, speaking of which, so Alex, just going back to this live feed, sort of just video content. Is it? Do you have any sort of like? data or stats to say that when we do something live we get a better sales through as opposed to just somebody putting out content that's you know recorded and, and delivered on whether it's social or tv or whatever it might be so in terms of that obviously with like live shopping and uh, live streaming in general you get real engaged audience so if you post something on social and you get impressions you get reach but that might be people just scrolling through the feed and then they don't really, for example, if it's a Reels video or if it's an in-feed video on Instagram, people don't watch through the whole thing. They're just going to scroll up and that's going to count as an impression. But the proving of whether that's a real engaged user that's going to convert into a potential consumer from the brand for the brand is a bit, it's a bit of a guessing game. You can understand by the comments with intent to buy. Obviously, like swipe up links on Instagram stories were great. But with live streaming in general, that's real engaged audience that you can see going through the video, watching the video the whole time and being engaged, asking questions and those questions being answered by the influencers. So, for example, here we are like 27 people or like 100 people are watching. And uh, that's real engaged audience that's staying yeah, ask, ask some questions guys <laughs> yeah uh, and, and it's also as lucy mentioned with the selection of the talent that's a great tip for brands to think about you if you're doing a live streaming content or live shopping content you really need to think about which influencer which creator you are selecting for this uh because this is a live video so a mistake can uh kind of be really bad for the brand and the, the creator themselves. And I have had experiences like that with creators that are promoting a, a specific brand. Sometimes they say something that they shouldn't say, mention a competitor or something like that. And that looks really bad on the brand. So it's about selecting people that are comfortable within that live setting because a lot of influencers can shoot an amazing video, edit it out, and it can look great on the feed. But when they're put in a position where there's not really redoing of the content. You say something and the thousand people watching you are like the 20,000 people watching you are, are there, they hear it. 
So there's no redoing of that. So brands should really think about who they're selecting uh, to represent their brand, because then it becomes a question of the tone of voice of the brand about whether that person is a good ambassador for, for the brand or not. It's not it's not about a one-off partnership then. It's about like someone that becomes an embodiment of your brand and is speaking about your products and is promoting your products. So it's a different art, basically what you're saying. Something's recorded and put out anytime and something like what we're doing now, which is live. I suppose what you, what we're describing here is an event, really, aren't we? It just yes, happens yes. to be a digital event, you know, and that's probably the difference there. Um, I wanted to move on to my next question, and I'll, and I'll keep the mic with you if that's okay, Alex. Just talk us yeah. a little bit about um, developing a, uh, a sort of a live commerce strategy then. And we've done a lot of these webinars about, you know, uh, influencer marketing in general and how you set up yeah. influencer marketing strategy. But just tell us a little bit about how you do set up a live commerce Absolutely. strategy. And I'll come to Leo next after that. Well, when looking at the social, uh, at the live shopping strategy, or you have to first define what are the goals of this. Obviously, if it's like live shopping, you're going to look at the sales as one of the key metrics and conversions. Uh, so you have to define exactly the expectations of uh, what you want to achieve uh, within that live stream, within that live shopping experience. Then obviously look at things such as like, let's say brand awareness, whether you want to grow your channel on a cer certain platform that that live streaming experience is going to be hosted on uh, and from that on defining those kpis you can take a step back and build out a strategy based on based on the brand really answering those questions for themselves uh, with conversions obviously there will be like unique links posted for example if it's a twitch video that can be pinned on the on the chat and people can shop from then there on, you can track specific conversions that are within uh, within that stream. Uh, there's uh, there's apps such as there's platforms such as AppsFlyer, Bitly that that can track clicks. Then on like we can track conversions of uh, of people that actually of the consumer journey and also people that purchase those products uh, throughout that live stream. And of course, then we can move on to tracking uh, that brand awareness, how much the account of the of the brand has grown. Uh, and of course, again, I have to mention tone of voice here because it's really important when working with the influencer, like what message do you really want communicated? Like which products are we promoting on this live stream? What is exactly being mentioned about the brand? Uh, what are the key messages that need to be conveyed? And from then on, uh, the strategy can be built and the reporting of the successes of that strategy can be made on and, and key learning can be extracted. Brilliant. Um, we've got an interesting comment here actually from Lottie. And this is going back to our previous point about engagements uh, on live commerce. And she says, uh, you have to be able to easily ignore certain comments and engage with others during our lives. Uh, the interaction with customers is key. Um, I see you're nodding away there, Alex. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, 100%. Obviously, like with live streaming and live shopping as well, uh, there's a lot of comments coming through. Uh, I have been involved in campaigns where uh, influencers have taken over the Instagram channels of a certain brand and had a discussion uh, between each other. And a lot of comments are coming in. Obviously, if it's about like a certain brand and the aspect is to promote certain products, the questions that the influencer needs to be focusing on should be revolving 
around the brand itself because it could be a lot of random comments coming in that are not about the brand and are specific about the influencer, the creator themselves and something personal about them. Of course, it's great to engage those questions as well in order to create that emotional spark, in order to create that uh, relatability with your audience. But when the key messaging is promoting a certain product or promoting a certain brand, the questions that need answering the most are those questions regarding that brand. Yeah, I've seen some shocking uh, engagements uh, from brands, uh, not necessarily in the fashion industry, but yeah. seen some shocking engagements on brands on social in, in the past. Um, on the on the question then of developing a strategy, Leo, I'm going to come back to you on this. So can you just tell us uh, a little bit about how you develop a, a live commerce strategy and whether it differs to what Alex has just said? Okay, so uh, basically for, for the live, live commerce strategies, there's a, a two two ways we can we can thinking of the first one is for example for the uh for the metro brands who already have their own uh website the website web store on web store and also the the, the mobile app so they can thinking about how whether they uh, on their mobile app they uh, develop a mobile commerce section and then to do that so for that kind if they're doing that it's a new kind of the consumer interaction and they offer a, a live service like kind of. So that is one way. Another way is they need to choose, uh, choose the, the platform. So that platform definitely have the high, high, higher traffic. So, uh, so if they choose that platform, for example, the TikTok. The brands mean, choose or do the influencers choose, sorry. Uh, so the brands, the, the okay. brands, the brand choose the, so, so we start uh, from the brand. So if the brand choose the platform, how they run, a, they can open their official account on the TikTok and then they promote some content on that. And then if they doing that way, they, they need to think about whether they open their own uh, TikTok store, like flagship uh, TikTok store and then connect with the uh, TikTok account directly if the technology is, is available or they can use that uh, TikTok account to for the link to link to their app or link to their web. So if the TikTok uh, TikTok is the mobile mo mobile app, so it's kind of you you need to on TikTok first and then connect to the app, jump to the app and then complete the the the, the transaction. That will cost the kind of the consumers lose during that way. So mostly the brands will choose to open a flagship store on the TikTok. So that way, some brands don't want to do that. For example, Burberry open a store on the Amazon, whether they want to do that, if the Amazon can offer the live commerce technology. So the brands need to choose what to, how to do that. Uh, if the brands choose the influencers to do that business to, for the sales, actually, they still need to think, they, they still have to face that, face whether they open the store on the TikTok or jump to the app. So that is the way because normally a lot of brands, uh, they open the flag, flagship Douyin, the Douyin store is a Chinese version of TikTok. They open that store directly. So it means that all the sales is not from their own web store directly, but it's from the Douyin store, but it's, they run it. So this is, that is the one strategy that the brand need to think of. So when they choose, if they open the, the TikTok store, then they can choose to build their own host 
to build own live team or live commerce team, or they ask the influence to, to do that. that. That is similar. So when you see the one influencer who have the similar, maybe the, uh, the attitude, maybe connect with the brand, they can choose one like brand ambassadors, like the TikTok ambassadors. Then you can choose that, choose that one and then let her to maybe present the brand and then maybe one week a time to spend the, um, spend the commissions or, or maybe the, like the basket fee. Because sometimes in, in China, the influencers who have million, million fans, they will offer their basket. For example, they show, uh, show 10 items in the basket. And then one item costs maybe 3,000 3, pounds for, for two hours. And then when, 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 when they sell them, they can get the commission as also. But that kind of cost is really, really high. So I, I, my, my suggestion is to build the live commerce by, by itself because we can do the TikTok with the app directly uh, the, at the same time if the technology can do that. You've rather seamlessly moved on to my next question there, which is about costs, actually. Um, I was going to ask Lucy, uh, bring Lucy in on this, actually, with some of the talent you work with, do, 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 are costs different for a live commerce campaign as opposed to what, quote unquote, traditional influencer marketing campaign? It totally varies. And I know um, Alex and I were speaking about this earlier, but there is no set fee when it comes to something like this. Fees will completely vary depending on the talent, similarly to how it does on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Live is going to be a very similar format. And I think it's about, it depends on the talent. Certain talent can have a million plus followers, whereas some can have 20,000 followers. Um, so when we cost up these sort of things, we base it on obviously their following, their profile, their demand, the level of production that is involved in that. So obviously, if it is a very polished brand shoot that involves production, scripting, um, tech support, all of those things, and obviously the fee will be much higher than it would be if it was just one standalone TikTok live stream that involves a brand and it's a one-off. Um, <clears throat> so I guess it depends on what that package looks like and what talent are involved in it. Um, I wish I could say it's a really easy answer and it will cost you X amount of money, but it isn't as easy as that. But I guess fees can vary from anything from 1,000 to 2,000 pounds upwards of like 50,000 pounds plus, depending on that talent. Um, so obviously you have to factor in um, their selling ability and everything like that as well. And um, I know Leo mentioned this, but there's also affiliates that you can include within those um, platforms as well. So not only will the talent get a flat fee for doing those live streams, but they'll also get a percentage of the commission involved of the sales that they make, um, which is obviously a great incentive for the talent as well when they're doing those live streams to make sure that they are engaging and selling and making sure that they've got an engaged audience there. Um, and I know for us, especially something we really encourage brands to do is offer some sort of discount code um, uniquely for that live stream, because then you can ask your talent to kind of pre-warn them that they'll be going live on X date at X time on X channel, and there'll be a unique discount code purely for that live stream. And then their audiences are pre-prepared to know that they, if they tune in, they'll get a discount on that certain product. Um, so it totally varies depending on the talent and what that package looks like. Um, but I guess what's the attitude you think from a lot of talent? Do they want? I mean, obviously everybody wants to get paid up front, but to do a lot of want a bit of a like what Leah was saying, they want a bit of the sales margin as well. Is there a bit of both? Do you think? Or 
It varies, similar to traditional <laughs> partnerships as well. I know, sorry, I'm like, it just, just depends. Um, <laughs> it does, like certain um, talent will work with fashion brands, for example, where there'll be a flat fee and they'll get, um, if they've done an edit with that brand, for example, they'll get commission of sales. Um, it just needs to, we obviously just need to ensure that the fee is um, beneficial for that talent and the brand. Um, we obviously take in so many factors when it comes to costing up that sort of thing. Um, but I think for something that is very sales driven, as opposed to a more awareness piece where it makes sense for it to just be a flat fee for their involvement mm-hmm. when it's something that's purely KPR based on sales. And I think it, it does often make sense for there to be some sort of commission level involved in that as well. So it's almost like what marketeers call above the line and below the below the line yeah. marketing, really, isn't it? One's targeted on shifting product; the other might be a bit more worrisome. Uh, I was going to just bring Ted in on this one. What's I know from an old school point of view, if you don't mind me saying it that way. What's your model then? I mean, you kind of operate as what, a TV channel, a retailer. Mm-hmm. You've launched the marketplace now. I mean, what's the model there? Do you know, yeah, do so, you, so there, do you work there like is influencers. A good- yeah, there is a commission, uh, commission-based model involved. Uh, normally, it has to do with a with a certain percentage cut that's agreed upon between the brand and an ideal world. Or we we do have, let's say, it's a new brand where ideal in the, in this kind of the same facet where they they don't really have the brand is new. They want an exposure piece. They can actually underwrite underwrite a show, and they could buy the airtime as well. So it depends. It, it really like as uh, Lucy mentioned, it does depend on on the situation. But we do try to tailor tailor an approach for a brand to basically looking at uh, a really a really what's best for the brand and what's best for ideal world in that situation. So it's a tailored approach. Okay, um, we're into the last quarter now of the session, guys. So if you, any of you out there have any questions or any further comments, do feel free to keep them coming. Um, my next question, though, is I just wanted to get an idea, and this is to anybody on the panel here who who's who's doing it well out there at the moment from a brand point of view, but also from a, uh, an influence or content creator point of view, who'd like to pick that up? Who's doing it well at the moment? I don't mind jumping in from an influence yep. perspective. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to the UK, and I know we've touched on this a lot in this session, but I think we are a lot further behind than China is. And I think at the moment, brands are just sort of dipping their toes into it. So I wouldn't say there is any kind of like hero brand or hero talent who are absolutely the OGs in that space at the moment. Um, a good example of something that um, we touched on um, before the session is that in China, there's somebody called Lipstick King um, who famously sold, I think, $1.7 billion worth of product during a 12-hour live stream. So that's just one 12-hour live stream, um, which I think, again, differs in the UK. I don't think there's many influencers out there who would want to live stream for that amount of time. And I don't really think the UK audiences would tune in for that amount of time but um that's just a really great example of somebody who is absolutely nailing it in another country um i think brands are doing it well on tiktok um i saw it first i know lottie's um on here i see them often on tiktok similarly with um look fantastic and the huck group and people like that um but again i think it it really comes down to the talent and um a couple of our talent i know i mentioned flossy earlier um we also had one of our talent olivia neal go live um on tiktok with motel rocks that actually didn't have the live stream shopping function tuned in at that time. And in hindsight, it would have been the perfect concoction to do that. And I think moving forward, that's something we'll obviously implement into our strategies. 
But again, they had a unique discount code for Halloween that they, um, her audience were pre-prepared to go and tune in and they'd all get a unique discount code for Halloween. And the sales did amazingly well and clothing that she promoted in that live stream sold out as a result. Um, but again, that was very in Olivia's true style. It was her and um, a friend, Kate, and they were doing a Q&A sat in a, uh, in a home sort of setting and it wasn't a, a full-on sales sell. It was a chat that they tried on clothing and it was very natural. Um, feel free for anybody else to chip in, but I don't think at the moment there's any particular brand or talent who's really heroing that space yet. But I imagine next year that absolutely will be, but we're still a bit more behind at the moment. You're, you're nodding there ferociously oh. there, Alex. Do you want to chip in? Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with absolutely everything that Lucy said. I think that uh, no brand is like jumping out of like, the book right now to like point out and be like they're doing amazing things with this i think everybody's kind of like in the phase of like like test and learn uh with this feature and i think like within the next year we're going to see a lot of brands kind of like incorporate this and try to innovate and find new ways uh into which they can incorporate live uh live shopping within their strategy and live streaming as well i think live streaming is something that we saw game popularity during COVID, during the lockdown. I think we saw a lot of like influencers kind of like blow up because of this. And obviously people were bored at home. So they were like watching a lot more live streams. Uh, they felt like engaged with, with the influencers because it's happening live. You can communicate with your favorite creators. Uh, I think like brands such as, uh, for example, like Louis Vuitton uh, working with creators on Twitch. I think that's a bit of a, of a different angle of approaching it with a very high-end fashion brand working with gamers to promote their products and to show products on like streams. I think that's a smart strategy. I think it's different uh, just to like kind of highlight that. But I don't think that any brand within the UK, within Western Europe is really jumping out of the page currently. Anybody else on this? Leo, have you got any comments? Or oh, Ted, go on, you're off mute. Oh, no, I was going to say, say too, similar to what we were mentioning earlier with, uh, I think celebrities are going to play a real big, big role here in the West, especially because we have uh, the largest, uh, the largest market for sports, the largest markets for, for Hollywood film production. And I think these guys really have the natural following. And it kind of is, is something that with you have the tech and you have like that kind of uh, just just follower follower base. I think when it merges together, that will I think on our side of the pond and on our side, and especially in the US and in UK, I think will will really start to pick up. And those guys. When you say your side of the pond, I know you're in Germany. So yeah, I'm in, Ger I'm in Germany. I'm in Germany. I'm thinking of American hat on. Sorry. No, <laughs> okay, I, sorry. I think that these guys will definitely will definitely lead the charge in in terms of of, of influencer marketing in, in the United States and in Europe. Yeah. I think it'll be fascinating as well when um, obviously a lot of talent and celebrities now have their own product lines. So I yeah. think that's another avenue for them to be able to promote their own brands that they've been working on. I think at the moment, a lot of talent are working alongside brands, but they're not necessarily promoting their own brands. So I think that can be a really interesting thing that we'll probably see a lot in the future is seeing how influencers take something like live shopping to promote their own personal brands as well and I think for the as you're saying especially sort of more celebrity and um, I guess the more high-end influencers who do have a very established um, product line I think that can be fascinating and something that I'll probably imagine will skyrocket um, in the next coming well I say months to years it depends how quickly I guess it takes off but I think that's an interesting one. Yeah. Oh, 
sorry, sorry. Go I was about to say that uh, I was just about to mention about like for example uh, products such as like like brands such as like Kylie Cosmetics that was built like entirely on on social media and reliant on social media, also live streaming, and I think we're going to see more and more influencers if not build their own brands, uh, become like the brand ambassadors, the BAs of like large brands and really push products within the live uh, live shopping features of the platforms once they get developed to that extent. And I think that's what we're going to see more and more of, which is kind of going to move influencer marketing away from that one-off, like we're going to work on a campaign with you and then we're going to work with like 10 other people afterwards. It's going to become a lot more finding the right creator for the right brand and tying uh, the brand with the creator themselves. Um, I'd like to bring Leo as well on, on, in on this question. So um, I just want to get a sense of who's doing it well, uh, brands-wise and influencers, both in China, but it'd be interesting to get your perspective about who's doing it outside of China well. One comment you did say, Leo, that was really interesting before okay. I did make a note of it, was um, you mentioned the brand launching a flagship store on TikTok. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting comment, actually, because that throws into question what the hell is retail anymore. Um, so that's a very interesting com com comment. Uh, I might pick you up with later and do some articles with you if that's okay. But just going back to this question, though, who do you think is doing it well, both in China and also uh, outside in Europe and North America? Okay, so in China, uh, also for the TikTok, because uh, the live commerce is start from, uh, I, I say about the short video channel, uh, TikTok first. Because the, the people like to browse the short video first, and then uh, TikTok has millions of fans, followers to use the TikTok. And then they create some influencers who have millions of friends, and then they open the live commerce. So definitely influence, as an influencer first, but uh, brands can follow to do that as well. Because uh, in China, yeah, uh, I know for the uh, Lucy mentioned for the, the, the lipstick king, and, and there's another, another queen, sales queen, that two guys uh, can achieve really, really high sales for the whole Taobao market. But this is not really healthy. You can see, like, normally for Amazon, a lot of sellers, more sellers, uh, more products, uh, more operations. And then uh, more flexible for the consumers for their options to choose their products. And it has a, uh, there will be a healthy uh, competition on the Taobao platform. But now, two influencers can get really, really high sales, but a lot of sellers cannot uh, get, get healthy development on the Taobao platform. So that is not really, really healthy. So in, in later on, brands had to build their own live commerce. But now there are not a lot brands uh, doing it really well, but whether the Alibaba group or the or TikTok, they don't want top influencer to achieve the top sales, to get the top sales from the brands. They want more influencers as well as the brands to operate it. So it's kind of, if you have more followers, then maybe you don't have really, really the top traffics there will limit kind of traffic. For example, if, you, if they give you all the traffic, it will lose the balance on the whole platform. So definitely, definitely on, the, on the company who hosts or who develops that, that's the TikTok or the Taobao, they won't let the influence to control, to control the whole platform. 
So definitely, they will definitely balance it. Then they offer the a really good opportunity for the brand to engage with the consumers. Like they can build their own host. So before that, because we are doing the like commerce by ourselves. So before that, we are really struggling, like whether we need to find some influencer to do, to do that, or we do it by ourselves. Because we, we are scared. We're doing that and no followers will come. But um, the, the, the TikTok platform, they offer the opportunity for every normal person who okay. has a dream to do live commerce. So when you do that, they will they'll give you the traffic. So it means when, the, when a brand wants to do that, when they, they can close, they, they choose to close to the consumers, then the TikTok the platform will give you the traffic. And then you can gain your own consumers on the TikTok. So it means uh, there will be op opportunity for the brand, but now the influence better. Yeah. Is there anyone like over here in Europe you think is worth mentioning there at the moment or brand or, or influencer or, or not perhaps? Alex is shaking his head up there. Well, I, I know you're, I, I, you're I, Bulgarian, so I'm not sure if you're saying yes or no. No, I'm, I'm saying no. <laughs> I'm saying no. I, I, I think like it's uh, again based on what me and Lucy were discussing earlier on the fact that nobody's like really jumping out of the page. Like we did mention a few brands. Uh, Lucy did mention a few uh, creators that have worked with um, live shopping as well, but I think it's just very early days uh, in order to really point out at someone and be like, that's the person that's going to really push products. And that's the person that's like really doing amazing things for like this brand. Okay. <clears throat> so we're coming towards the end of the session now. And, and my colleague has just popped a little link in the chat box. <clears throat> Myself and the fellow panelists um, are going to be meeting in a, just a normal Zoom meeting. Um, but you are welcome to come and join us there for 15, 20 minutes. It gives you an opportunity to, I guess, talk to us uh, on a bit more of a one-to-one -one basis. So that's open to everybody who is listening to this now in this webinar. You're more than welcome to join us there. Just copy that link. And then if you just click on it immediately after we shut this down, you'll be able to come and join with us. We'll just, we'll be just there as we are now talking about the session, but in a, perhaps a little bit more informal environment. What we're trying to do is recreate the um, glass of wine at the bar after the event. Uh, thing it's really difficult to do in the work, virtual world but uh, we'll do our best um you're welcome Gina um so uh just for my last question then so the future what's the future look like uh of live commerce um Alex I can see you're itching to go on that one what's the future look like in the next you know three to five years <clears throat> I think the future within the next like I would say uh, three to five years would be first of all platforms such as Instagram YouTube Facebook really crack down on that feature and really build it out where you can shop you can have your online shop within the platform and then you can shop while watching the live stream without having to exit the platform to purchase the products with one click of a button you add it to your basket you check out and that product uh, is shipped to you in terms of kind of like looking at it from an influencer marketing perspective i think what we're going to see is first of all brands re working on a more brand ambassador level with influencers that are going to be promoting those products. Long term, I, you mean? Longer long term. term. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm speaking like tying themselves up on like a yearly basis with, with certain creators that are going to promote their products. Obviously, that's going to take a bit of a, a test and learn approach to seeing who the right creators are, who are those creators that match the tone of voice of the brand, who are those creators that actually prove ROI, that prove sales, of the products and then i think 
what this is going to lead influencer marketing to is a, an even more data-led approach where uh, looking at those metrics and looking at actual conversions and sales and uh, as Leo mentioned, basket value, uh, which a lot of brands are doing now, but I believe with live shopping, it's going to become more of a thing where during the live stream, you know exactly the number of sales that that person has brought to your brand. Is that not what they call a retailer <laughs> in old money? <laughs> yes, in a way, in a way. And, and, I, and I think for in terms of Western Europe, it's going to become a lot more about how that live shopping experience can be incorporated inconspicuously within the influencer's content within a live stream, not really pushing the product in the face of the consumer. Okay, um, just to grasp the other three quickly, I'll start with you, Leo. What's the future look like, in your opinion, of live commerce? If you can give us a quick 30-second rundown. Okay, so uh, for me, uh, just a short imagination. Uh, I think it's more like the interest or uh, the recommendation based for the shopping. And but instead of the search engine, search browse, the traditional uh, e-commerce shopping and uh, more close to the consumers. That's my Thank opinion. you. Uh, Ted, we'll come to you next. Future looking like for you, you're going to be end up coming merging with influencers. And yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think uh, I think your old your old money, your old retailers will start to be will still play a role. I think they'll definitely be uh, more of an aggregator in a way and move more towards providing product to uh, the the entertainers or the or the live shop the live shopping hosts in a way. And uh, I think as we move more to that, it'll move more towards even more towards entertainment where the, the, the influencers are actually uh, providing that live entertainment piece and, and, and the retailers being more in the background as being aggregators. Like logistics. People, yeah, yeah, exactly. In a way. Right, okay. And Lucy, Lucy, you can have the last word here then. Just let us know what you think um, the future looks like in this space. Mine's a bit of a mix of everyone's, but um, I think brands at the moment are a bit nervous obviously to take the first leap because not many brands are doing it but I think the more and more they do that and the more metrics and results they see off the back of doing it will mean that they'll be more reluctant to actually more sorry more wanting to do it because they'll see the results that they see um <clears throat> as Alex said brands are becoming more and more savvy to wanting actual benchmarks KPIs results data so I think live shopping is the perfect thing for us to be able to present back to brands and say okay well they live stream with this brand got this amount of sales um, I think it's going to be fascinating from an influencer perspective, and I think we're going to see a lot more talent doing it um, once, I guess, platforms, as we keep saying, adopt to that. Um, we may even see a new wave of influencers who, who purely become big off the back of um, live shopping. So that might be something else to watch out for, whether or not there's a certain talent who purely grows a following just off off of live shopping obviously there'll be influencers who do it as well um but yeah i think it's i think it, it will just continue to see it rise and it's a really exciting time for everybody to get involved in it because it's going to skyrocket i think watch this space i think <laughs> is the one it's been really fascinating guys i really appreciate your insights uh like i said if anybody out there in the audience wants to come and join us quickly i'm sorry miranda we won't have a chance to answer your question this session but you're more than welcome to join us immediately after the link is there. We'll be having a quick debrief um, and um, you'll be able to come and chat to us and just listen to us talk for about 15, 20 minutes and you'll get to meet the panellists. The only thing we would ask is if you don't mind, if you can pop your 
microphone and camera on as well so we can see who's in the room uh, so hopefully we'll see you uh, some of you guys in the audience with us in a few moments um, for those that are new to the fashion network we run uh, lots and lots and lots of professional development events so if you're not already linked in with us best place to find us on social is obviously being a business uh, platform is on our LinkedIn page come and follow us on there or you can go to our website which is thefashionnetwork.co.uk and you can join our networking community there and you'll hear about our future professional development uh, events on there so just without further ado just want to thank all you guys uh, for your insights today and I will see you shortly in the breakout room shortly after this thank you very much bye-bye thank you thank you